Are you someone who is fascinated by all the pregnancy, childbirth, and motherhood stuff few people talk about because they're too embarrassed? If so, welcome to the motherload of all things taboo, or at least really wild and interesting. The Asking for a Pregnant Friend podcast is based off the book of the same name and dives in to all of the pregnancy, birth, and mothering topics that make many people blush or scratch their heads. I do all the boring research so you don't have to and bring you interviews with the leading experts and the topics I cover. I also share all the things about myself, Bailey Gaddis. I'm all about TMI. You'll also hear stories from brave women who gave permission to have their stories shared. So come along, my friend, on a journey into the beautiful underbelly of making, growing, and raising babies. If you've listened to past episodes of this podcast, then you've gotten the scoop on the magic of the placenta, um, you know, how cells pass from the the mother to the baby through fetomaternal microchimerism um, and, you know, a lot of other amazing, amazing stuff that the body does during pregnancy. But there's more, so much more. The, the female body is like a wonderland of amazingness during pregnancy, you know, making moves that like seem to be pulled from a, a sci-fi movie of uh, so much cool stuff happening. So without further ado, let's look at what that is. Um, so one of the things I think is so fascinating about what the body does during pregnancy is that it increases in your blood volume by 30 to 50%. So this means that, you know, most women have about 1.5 more liters of blood moving through the body by the time that they're they're full term. And in this increase, it happens gradually and, and it's done to accommodate the needs of the growing baby. Um, you know, as because more blood is needed to carry oxygen and nutrients to the baby. So your body's producing more and more blood. And this blood, it's primarily composed of an increase in plasma, the, the fluid part of the blood, and red blood cells. And the red blood cells, they're, they're a response to the increased oxygen requirements um, in the mother's body as they carry a hemoglobin, which is the, the oxygen-carrying substance in the blood. And it's important to remember that this increase in blood right after, um, it's important to remember or think about this increase in blood right after childbirth because you're going to have a lot of vaginal bleeding. And and when the placenta, you know, when it detaches from the wall of the uterus, it leaves behind open blood vessels, which obviously causes bleeding. And and these will close as, you know, you continue to have contractions and the uterus shrinks back down to size. But again, there's going to be a lot of bleeding first. Um, 
And so just remember, it's like you have extra blood to lose, but even even still, you know, you can potentially bleed too much, which why which is why it's essential to have a medical care provider with you at your birth who can assess your blood loss to make sure it's not too much. But if you see quite a bit of blood after having your baby, it's probably normal. Remember, your blood volume increased by about 30 to 50 percent. Something else that is pretty cool that happens during pregnancy is your pelvis actually expands. So your pelvis is made up of two large bones that are joined by by cartilage and ligaments, and they expand to prepare for for childbirth. Um, And much of this is thanks to the aptly named hormone relaxin, which the body produces in in higher levels during pregnancy to help those joints in the pelvis relax and expand. Um, And this hormone, it also helps the cervix soften and stretch, and it helps the amniotic sac break when, when the time is right. And while the, the the forces of relaxin, you know, especially their their support in helping the pelvis expand, it is helpful in so many ways. You know, it can also cause some discomfort in the pelvis and the lower back. Something that I am currently feeling in this moment. My pelvis is pretty much always aching right now, largely thanks to relaxin. Um, you can minimize the discomfort by like avoiding quick jerky movements, not being on your feet for too long. Um, or this is something I'm going to start doing soon, seeing a physical therapist who can show you really specific exercises uh, to minimize the, the discomfort. Another cool thing that happens in the body is that or in the baby's body in this case, is that the the plates in the baby's head can overlap. So until the age of around two, there are these spaces called sutures between the five plates in the child's skull. And, and the gaps where, where the sutures meet, these are called fontanelles. So essentially, your baby's skull is not fused together. It's, it's not a fixed entity. And this is actually a really good thing. So this flexibility in the skull, it allows the, the plates to, to slightly overlap during birth, and it helps the head fit more easily down through the the birth passage. So we're we're happy that that happens. And some people get nervous. You know, a lot of times you'll feel a fontanelle like at the very top of the baby's head and kind of towards the the back of the skull. And I've heard parents say, oh, I'm nervous that I'm like going to poke my finger through it. And while these uh, the fontanelles feel really vulnerable, they're a lot less vulnerable than, than you think. Your finger is not going to poke through, I promise you. All right. Something that is interesting, I will not call it cool because I hate this (laughs) part of pregnancy personally, is that you might develop a superhuman sense of smell. So especially during the, the first trimester, some women develop something called hyperosmia. And this means that they experience smells more strongly than other people. Um, this was like kind of nice for me when we had jasmine blooming like outside our house, um, and like not so lovely when I would open the fridge and like, like even like strong perfumes, like candles, even though like technically they smell nice, they were just, I had such a heightened sense of smell that 
those actually made me kind of nauseous as well. It's just too much. So it can definitely be like a double-edged sword. Um, a lot of times, like actually though, women <laughs> mainly find this more unpleasant than pleasant. But anyways, um, and, and it's important to know that when hormones readjust after the baby is born, this like super smell tends to fade. Some women even say that the, the hyperosmia kind of fades after the first trimester. Okay. Next thing that is pretty cool is your body develops this like defensive plug during pregnancy. Um, and this is done to prevent, you know, harmful germs from traveling through the placenta and into the uterus. And so this plug that I'm talking about, it's, it's the mucus plug that develops just outside the opening of the cervix. And this buildup of mucus, it acts as, as like a seal. And it also has antibacterial properties that, that kill off anything that, that try to sneak up into the uterus. Um, for most women, this plug comes out, you know, as you're going into labor or after you've been in labor for a while when it comes out you can expect to see like give or take like one or two tablespoons of of like clear kind of like off-white like jelly like discharge sometimes it's tinged with a little bit of blood um, but it shouldn't have any odor so now that you've gotten the the skinny on all of the you know really weird, amazing things that the body can do during pregnancy, I really invite you to think about like all that your body is doing and how amazing it is at supporting you through pregnancy when the going gets tough during pregnancy. You know, like when you get the nausea or the lightning crotch or the mood swings and they're like all making you kind of hate pregnancy. You can remind yourself of like what a badass your body is and remind yourself that <laughs> while it can kind of feel like a traitor sometimes when it's making you feel not so great, um, it still has like so much amazingness up its sleeve. Um, it's it's still worthy of so much awe and so much adoration. So let yourself feel lucky that you get to be, you know, part of such an extraordinary process. Um, you're you're part of this everyday miracle. If you can like, subscribe, comment, that would be so incredibly helpful. That will allow me to keep providing this content for you guys. All right, love you. Is pregnancy or early motherhood making you feel other than? Is it triggering all sorts of weird emotional and physical stuff you are sure no one else is going through? If so, get your copy of Asking for a Pregnant Friend, 101 Answers to Questions Women Are Too Embarrassed to Ask About Pregnancy, Childbirth, and Early Motherhood. This book is like the modern-day Dear Abby for pregnant women and new moms who want to get straight yet loving answers to the pregnancy, birth, and mothering questions they're too afraid to ask, those questions that make you blush. You can get your copy of Asking for a Pregnant Friend on Amazon or from Barnes & Noble, Target, and everywhere else books are sold. Whoa.